0: Today, we're gonna talk about a man who enlisted in the army during World War II. But his conscience wouldn't allow him to kill another human being. And because of this, he refused to carry a gun. Some of his fellow soldiers thought him a coward, even though he was a medic. But by the end of the war, they felt quite differently about him. We'll tell his amazing story next on this episode of Better Life Today. This podcast is brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Since 1990, Better Life has been providing Bible-based religious programming to the public. For more information, including how you can view Better Life's channels on your TV or digital device, how you can contact us, or even how to make a donation, please visit blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. And now, here's today's podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Life Today. I think you're really gonna be interested in what we have to say, the stories that we have to share. With me today is Saidi Rodriguez. Sayudi, welcome. Thank you. You work here at Better Life. You and your husband are directors of what?
1: Vida Mejor TV.
0: That's our Spanish channel. Mm-hmm. And so you are the wife of a pastor.
1: Yes, I am.
0: What is that like?
1: You know, there are hard days, but then there are days that are so beautiful. I was just telling my husband after this last Sabbath, um, I was telling him, What a privilege to be able to serve the Lord. Um, Before we got married, I remember thinking, I'm not sure if if I have the wife, the pastor's (laughs) wife's checklist. I don't play the piano and different things like that. And he said to me, do you love God? Yes. He said, do you love um, me? And I said, yes. And he said, do you love people? Yes. And then he said, oh, then you're okay." (laughs) (laughs) And I just. It's a privilege to serve the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we're happy to have you and your husband working with Better Life. Today we have a a very interesting topic. Um, I started preparing for it and before long, I had more to talk about than we have Mm -hmm. time to talk about. The topic is this, standing for your convictions when it's difficult to do so. Standing for your convictions when it's difficult to do so. And to start off before we get into our stories, To start off, we wanted to talk about a Bible story. And that story is found in Daniel. Mm -hmm. And it's a story we tell our children, but we wanna take a closer look at it today because you have to put yourself in the place to really appreciate how hard this was. And it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing up for their faith. So let's give a little bit of the backstory and then we'll catch up (laughs) where the Bible brings us. The backstory is this, King Nebuchadnezzar, he sets up a golden image calls everybody to have a grand ceremony to commemorate it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he says, when you get to the ceremony, you're gonna have to bow before it in worship. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a problem for the Hebrews because they know good and well, they're only supposed to worship God. Uh, So who's gonna bow, who's not gonna bow? Well, fast forward a little bit into the story, they get there and there's three that don't bow. Mm -hmm. Out of the whole group, just three. And for them, there's a lot of things going through their mind, I'm sure. They're standing out among among everybody. Right. You stand out when you stand for the Lord, sometimes it's it's, yeah, it's kind of uh, (laughs) you have all eyes on you. And but more than that though, this was a life and death thing. Mm -hmm. They were told to do this on pain of death. Mm -hmm. So their choice to stand meant they were pretty much saying, You can kill me. You know, that's a big thing. Their families were in their minds probably, their friends were in their minds, what's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. And they chose this. The king brings them before him and gives them a second chance. And that's where we're going to catch up and start reading the Bible at this point. Mm-hmm. The king brings them, for and, uh, brings them before him and says, listen, if you uh, give in, if you just bow, you know, we'll just forget the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: Sayyidi, why don't you take the first half of the story from there? What happens at that point on?
1: Okay, so after the king is there and is asking them, this is what happens. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up.
0: So their response is very interesting. Because on one hand they express faith that God yes. can save them,
1: but if you it's know. not God's will, they're ready to die. So That's
0: they were they were ready either way. Yes. They were they were saying either we're going to see a miracle here or we're going to die. Mm-hmm. But either way, we will not go against right. God.
1: Yes. Either way, it's we're not moving. This is our decision.
0: How many people nowadays would be willing to do that? Mm. Have you ever thought to yourself, if I was yes. put in this situation, what would I do? Um,
1: yeah.
0: It's a very personal mm-hmm. question, but it is. It's a very hard question.
1: Yes, it is. It is. So the Bible continues saying, and then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was really upset. Mm-hmm. And the expression of his, on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery fiery furnace.
0: You notice that he, that their answer, you know, it wasn't, they weren't being disrespectful, Mm -mm. but they were being very determined. Yes. And their response did not lead them to get any kind of favors from him. Right. You see how furious he got, Mm -hmm. the king got because of this. So they were determined, but respectful. Right and they stood their ground. Okay, I'm gonna take it from here. In verse 21, it continues. Mm -hmm. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, just the guys who threw them into the fire were killed because it was so hot, Mm -hmm. that's how mad he was. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, And then these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? (laughs) They answered and said to the king, true, O king, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Wow. So what a sight to behold. That would have been a miracle to be, you mm-hmm. know, I wish they had have recorded it on video, because you just want to <laughs> see something like that. Yes. So amazing. The king, I think, is kind of comes to his senses. He realizes this is far beyond yeah. uh, what he expected. And uh, so, what do you think of that story? What, how does it strike you?
1: You know, Daniel, the whole book yeah. is full of stories like that. From the beginning, you know, when they decided we're not going to eat what everybody else is eating. The Bible says that Daniel and the friends, these friends, they purposed in their hearts that they would not do anything that was against what the Lord had told them. Mm. And for me, it's huge because when you're standing up for the Lord, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's something that you need to start practicing. You need to have that communion with the Lord to be able to get to that point. You mentioned, um, would you do it? You know, do you think about it and you go, I wonder if I would have stand up and everything. Well, if we are standing with the Lord right now, then we have the faith that when trials come, we would be able to go through this but if we're not then it's very possible that we're not going to be faithful in these trials, you know.
0: So if we don't practice now, if we
1: don't practice now, what makes yes. us think
0: that we'll do it? Right. You know, if we if we're saying no to God in the little things yes. when there's no danger. Right. What makes us think that we're going to say yes. Uh, say yes to God when when the danger comes, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And then I think about it and I'm like, wow, it was a king and there was fire and and it's so huge, scary at times, right? But there's a quote that says, if you kneel before the king, if, before God, then you can stand before kings, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's true. They were so confident because they had that experience with God. God's going to help us, you know? What of? Wow. What faith?
0: You know, there's if you read the newspaper, if you read the news, you see that there are Christians even today. hmm who are standing for their faith right. in the midst of a life and death situation. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not something that just happened in olden times. It happens even it's today. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's go back to our story that we began the program with. And the man we were talking about in the introduction, his name was Desmond Doss. Yes. Some of our audience may have heard his name. Uh, there's been books about him, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and a documentary and a movie. It's just, there's so much been said about this man. But you know, it's worth our while to stop and let's consider what he went through. Mm -hmm. So here was Desmond Doss, and I'm just gonna kind of go over the brief view of his life. He joins the army, his purpose is to save lives. That's what he went in there for. He enlisted on April 1942, Mm -hmm. but you know, it wasn't very long before he was started to be made fun of, Mm -hmm. because he he was a conscientious objector. He would not take up arms to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. He felt that was morally wrong. And of course the army is all about taking up guns and killing somebody. So he became a target. I mean, you talk about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing out, this guy stood out. If you're in the army, you're saying, I'm not gonna hold a gun, Uh, you stand out. Mm -hmm. And so they were making fun of him. He was religious. He would pray to God, they made fun of him. And to top it off, he kept the Sabbath day Saturday and he wouldn't do any work on Saturday. Boy, that made him a target. So he had a really hard time right off the bat. He was abused, they called him a coward. But you know, there was a battle. Got into the war, got into the battle. All of a sudden they find themselves at a place called Okinawa, that, that area. And there's an escarpment and that is a, like a cliff. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have a lower level and you have an upper level and you have a cliff. So they were having a battle and they faced this cliff and it was about 400 foot. And they needed to get to the top of it to continue the battle. So they put up these nets, they climb to the top, they get to the top and it's, it's like they're ambushed, it's like mm. they're surrounded, and they start falling like flies. I mean, so here they've made the big climb to the top and you're starting to get killed. Right and left, soldiers are lying all over the place. And who's there too? The medic, Desmond Dots. Des- yeah. Is he armed? No. Are bullets <laughs> flying all around him? Yes. What is his job? To save the men's lives who've been mm. hit. Mm. So he's up there immediately, he begins working on the men, trying to get them to safety pulling them to safety, and around him, bullets are flying. I mean, at any moment, he could be one of those men lying there needing assistance. But until that happens, Desmond is working to save lives. Mm-hmm. He grabs them one at a time, takes them to the edge of the cliff, makes a special knot, he lowers them down one by one, one, two, three, four, going back for more, five, six, seven, praying that the Lord will help him just to get another soul right. down that off that right. hill. And uh, they say later that the enemy soldiers uh, one soldier was, was uh, noted as saying, when he, when he aimed at Desmond and uh-huh. pulled the trigger, his gun would jam, wow. he couldn't shoot him. It was like God put his hand on him mm. to protect him, to accomplish yes. that mission of saving the other men. When it was all said and done, the army thought that he had saved and brought down 100 men off that cliff. Wow. Mm. Well, he was a little more modest. He said, no, there's uh, maybe 50. I maybe brought down 50 and they said, okay, we're gonna compromise, we'll say 75.
1: <laughs> they split the difference. Wow.
0: How do you think the men thought of him? After, especially if it was your life that had been saved, that you had been lowered down that cliff for medical aid. How would you have thought of him then? Would you have called him a coward after that point? No, no. Yeah. And even after that event, he did other heroic things. Yeah. We can't get into his entire life right now. Like I said, they've, they've written a lot about him. Yes. And so there's more information available if you wanna read it. Yes. But He showed himself to be no coward. Mm -hmm. And he showed himself to stand up for his convictions. He would not work on the Sabbath. He would heal on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He would help people on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But he wouldn't do the normal standard duties on the Sabbath. And he wouldn't kill people. But he was not a coward by any means. And this proved it. At the end of the war, guess what he was awarded with?
1: What?
0: The Medal of Honor from President Harry Truman. So, I mean, what a thing. But he was also injured. He also suffered because of it. I think he had a little bit of post-traumatic stress. I mean, you don't see these kinds of things that happen in war without being affected by it. So it wasn't any easy walk mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But he's known as a man who stood for his convictions. Yes. And that's just amazing.
1: It is, it is. Um, speaking of precedents and speaking of the Sabbath and standing up for your beliefs, uh, it reminds me of a story. My father-in-law, um, he graduated from theology. He's a pastor and he graduated in Venezuela but decided, you know, I need to go to the United States and get my master's, and so I'm going to go to Andrews University. So he came to the United States, and when he got here, he realized he didn't have the money to be able to study. So he had a baby then, my husband was not born yet, and so he decided, I need to work right away because I have to help my little one, my wife, and he started, he he knew how to paint. So he started painting, and then he was hired by a company that would paint the White House. And so he would go with them, painting the house white. And so he was painting and painting, and he was making good money. But then it was time, you know, it was all white. So they finished the house and uh, what, whatever project they were working on. And his supervisor says to him, You know, we're finishing this job. We have just one more week to go. Um, But he said, I have another job and it's going to be better paid. And so if you come with us, you know, you can be sure that you'll be okay. And he said, Yeah, of course. And he said, The only thing is you have to work on Saturdays. Ah. And my father in law said, Oh, I can't do that. So what are you talking about? You're going to make good money. You need to come with us, and you have a little one, come. And he decided no. And he said, talk to your wife. And he said, my wife is gonna say the same thing. And he said, you have one week, he said. And when you give me your answer, you can either come work with us, or we'll give you your last check. Well, he went home. Of course, he talked to my mother-in-law. Mother-in-law said, no, no. You know, we're being faithful to the Lord by keeping the Sabbath. He'll take care of us. Well, he came. They gave him his last check. And there he was, sitting on the steps, just thinking, so now what? When along comes the Secretary of State back then, which was?
0: Henry Kissinger. Yes.
1: And he comes, and he says, excuse me, um, I need someone to paint my house. Anybody here? (laughs) And my father-in-law says, oh, I know someone, (laughs) me. me." And he says, "Um, well, wonderful. Can you come tomorrow, Saturday? And he says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go Saturdays. He says, are you Jewish? And he says, no. And he said, I'm a seven-day Adventist, and we keep the Sabbath. And he said, oh, well, that's okay. He said, then I'll see you Monday. <laughs> so he starts working for this man, and he would bring, her bre- bring him breakfast, and they had conversation. My father-in-law was able to give the message of Jesus to this
0: To Henry Kissinger. Yes,
1: to these wonderful men, you know. And he was able to hear about the message. And when he was finished with that job, my father-in-law says, well, you know, I'm going to be done here pretty soon. Do you have someone else that maybe you can recommend me to? And he says, let me make a couple of phone calls. He comes back and he says, yes, but this is in New York. So that was Washington, D.C. He said, this is going to be in New York. Would you mind? He says, no, I'll be fine. And he says, okay, well, it's Frank Sinatra.
0: Frank Sinatra
1: my my father-in-law goes and works for Frank Sinatra gives him the message tells him all about Jesus finishes the job and says do you have anybody else that you can recommend Jackie Onassis and all these different people that he was able to meet because he had been faithful to the Lord in keeping the Sabbath and he says and you know what they paid even better than what I was going to make with the other guy who was making fun of him for not taking this job. Wow. You know, God, we are faithful to him and he's faithful to us. He takes care of us.
0: So your father-in-law was able to meet all of these people, but not only meet them,
1: Give minister them to them. them. Yes, yes. And the
0: Lord, it was like the Lord had his hand in the whole thing. Yes. So standing up for his convictions led to even more wonderful things in his life happening. Yes. Wow. Well, there's... Um, there's another story I wanted to share about standing up for what you believe. Mm-hmm. And this story happened in Africa. And there was a group of students who were Adventist. And as you probably have guessed by now, if you're watching, um, we're all Seventh-day Adventists. We believe that you keep the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. That means the fourth commandment, you keep the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, from sundown uh, Friday night till sundown Saturday night. Well, there was a group of students. These were university-age students in Africa. <clears throat> and, um, They had a professor who was German, Mm -hmm. very strong man, very determined, and he said, we're having a test and it's gonna be on Saturday. Well, these 22 students didn't know what to do. If they took the test, they would be breaking their Sabbath. If they didn't take the test, they could be thrown out of university. Mm -hmm. And for somebody in Africa, university was like the pinnacle of what you want to accomplish in your life. And so in their minds, they were either having to decide, do I keep the Sabbath? or do I throw away my whole future mm. and just give up university? Yeah. It was a big decision. So they went to a man, I believe he was a pastor, and they said, would you please go speak to the teacher? Please ask him if he'll do something for us. Maybe he'll change the day. Maybe he'll let, it, let us take the test on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this man, who I think is a pastor, told them that he said, uh, I want you to think very carefully. I will only go speak to this professor if you agree that if he says no, you will not take the test, period. Mm -hmm. And the students said, that's a hard thing. You've asked us a very hard thing. We don't know if we can do that. Mm. They said, we want three days to fast and pray. So he said, okay, take three days to fast and pray. When they came back after three days of the 22 students, only five said, we will not take the test if he does not agree to give it to us. Mm They were willing to stand for their convictions. The others were not willing to stand for their convictions. So this minister went and he talked to the teacher. He walked into the see the teacher and he said, excuse me, I have five students who have trouble with taking the test on Saturday. You see they're Seventh-day Adventists. And he started into his spiel, but the professor stopped him. He said, wait, he says, I'm, uh, in my hometown in Germany, we have a lot of Adventists. I understand what you're doing. I understand what you believe. He says, don't worry, I'm gonna give you the test here you take the students, you keep them in their, your home, and at, uh, on Sunday, you administer the test, and it'll be fine. Well, the minister couldn't believe it. He took the five tests, he went back and told the students. He took those five students and had them in his home on Sabbath. After sundown, he administered the test. Right. You know, uh, Afterwards, they turned in the test to the professor, and do you know what happened? <laughs> of those 22 students, five passed, The test it was the students that had taken it and stood up for the Lord the others did not make the test and uh, the minister didn't know was the professor doing that because they didn't stand up for what they believed or what he never knew or were the people who um, who didn't stand up for the Sabbath not good students he didn't know all he knew is that the five who stood up for their faith passed the test and as the minister was talking to the teacher, the teacher said, I wish that we had Christian students mm. who are willing to stand for what they believe. Yes. It really impressed him. Yes.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, I remember when my friend and I were in Kazakhstan as missionaries, we, um, we would notice that things were done differently. Um, for example, praying. praying. They would pray with their eyes open and they would never kneel down. It was, you know, they didn't want to get dirty and things like that. And um, my friend and I, we would pray about it and we, we would talk about it, you know, um, praying like this. My mom always said, you know, um, keep your eyes closed so that you can focus you know, on what you're talking to God. And also being very reverent toward yes. God. God, um, there was a group of people there who, who, were, not, who were not there for the right reason. And they had a lot of, um, what do you call that, when you have other friends that are peer pressure. Oh. So they, they were just trying to have everybody not pay attention to us and just talk. When there's a prayer, talk your way through. And I remember my friend and I started praying on our knees. And as you're on your knees, you can actually kind of feel that people were staring at you (laughs) and giggling here and there. And then we would finish the prayer and open our eyes and people were looking at us like, you're different, you're strange. And but we kept doing that. We kept doing that. Uh, For us, it was so important to show reverence to the Lord. And I remember towards the end, um, there was this big meeting and we talked about how when Jesus comes, We're all going to bow to our, you know, to our knees and we're going to worship the Lord and how the angels worship God. And we finished uh, speaking and then it was time to pray. We wouldn't even look at people. We just automatically would go to our knees and we went to our knees and then we started hearing noise, like chairs moving or something and no giggling, just that. And when we opened our eyes after the prayer, it was so beautiful to see that many had, gone to their knees to pray to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that happens. You stand up for the Lord, and maybe you're that person that someone says, oh, well, I'll stand too, and I'll stand too, you know, and it, it's contagious, you know, and it's something that we need to really practice.
0: So you more. decided to show them by example.
1: By example.
0: That to reverence the Lord in right. that way. In that way. And, and it was finally able to break through, and they joined you.
1: And it was a heart convicted, you know, yeah. for the love of the Lord.
0: But at first it wasn't easy for you. No. I mean, to be laughed at or to be, you know.
1: I mean, I was praying and I was thinking, what are they saying? <laughs> so it was not yeah. that easy at the beginning.
0: But like you said, if when, when one person stands for right, it makes it easier for somebody else to stand yes. for right.
1: And you hear of stories like the one that you shared yeah. and you think, oh, Lord, help me to be like that when time comes, because it's going to come. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we only have, we only have a few minutes left, but I, I did want to mention the fact that we love the stories that when the Lord stands up, when the fires don't burn, mm-hmm. when the, when the test takers get the, you know, get that A or whatever yes. they get past the test, I should say. But you know, there's times when you stand for the Lord, when you stand for right and things don't turn out that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord has asked people in the past to lay down their lives as martyrs, uh, to stand for him. Yes. So that there is that possibility. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to go for that. They said, even if we don't, even if the Lord performs no miracle, we will stand for the Lord. And I think that's where God wants to lead us. Yes. Um, Boy, a couple minutes. Do you have time to see?
1: Yes, really fast. I'll share. My colleague, my uh, classmate Classmate. and I, um, when we finished school, he was a very different guy, he loved the Lord so much, and he always said that he wanted to serve the Lord for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. He finished school, we finished school, he becomes a pastor, and he just loves the Lord, has his wife, a little boy, and wife is pregnant, and then they decide to change them from one district to another, which was a very dangerous place in Mexico. And they said, you, you're gonna go here? And everybody was telling my friend, Lenin, don't go. It's too dangerous, don't go there, don't go there. And Lenin kept saying, but God has called us here and we will obey. And they moved there and it was really dangerous. There was shooting happening all the time and there was one week that it was getting worse than ever and everybody kept telling him, don't go to do Bible studies, just stay at home, you know, don't do this. But Lenin had the conviction and he had purposed in his heart that he was gonna serve the Lord. He went to the streets They did a Bible study. And after the Bible study was done, they came outside of the doors and they were shot and they died. And his wife, I remember sharing in in the funeral that that they had, that now her purpose was to make sure that they all made it to heaven because that's what Lenin wanted, for everybody to know about Jesus and to be able to be with the Lord. And so um, although Lenin is now sleeping, he slept and he's sleeping because he stood up for the Lord. Wow.
0: And his example- He was
1: willing to die.
0: His example energized the other pastors, didn't it? Yes.
1: Oh, the other pastors, when they heard the story at the funeral service, they said, you know, he stood up for the Lord, and everybody just stood up as well. The pastor saying, we will do this as well.
0: Friends, we want to encourage you today. You may be brought through great trials or small trials. Either way, always stand up for the Lord. This podcast was brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Visit our webpage at blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. There you'll find more information about the ministry and other programs we think you'll enjoy. You can also send us a note via our webpage, and we'd love to hear from you. Better Life also has a YouTube channel that you can access by going to youtube.com slash Better Life Network. That's youtube.com slash Better Life Network. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to search for all the Better Life TV podcasts. Until next time, God bless.